0: Standing up in McKinney, this is According to Kallus, episode 592, coming to you on the 28th day of February, the year of our Lord, 2024. And wouldn't you know it, it is a leap year, and the leap year coincides with the presidential election year, so (laughs) what do you know? We get a whole extra day (laughs) of the uh, campaign goodness. Well, before we get into the program at large here, let me remind you the best way you can help me continue to grow the show, make a difference, and be heard is to like, share, and subscribe to the program. You can follow me on your podcatcher of choice. You can like and share at your social media of choice. When you do so, please be sure to bring everything along. What do I mean by that? Yes, I mean you have to share the links. You got to share the social media. That's what really matters. We got to get it out there. And for what it's worth, I still drop in over at Gab and MeWe and most of my stuff is still up at YouTube. And for the foreseeable future, for whatever reason, I have avoided irritating the folks over at Facebook. I still have a page in a group there. I'm just working my way around whatever the phantom blocking is going on. I In the last in the last couple weeks, been having some very weird numbers for specific episodes. I, I can only assume it's because I said forbidden words. In either case, here we go on with the program. Today, we're going to be calling The World is Watching. See, as a part of my uh, <laughs> kind of tune-up that I gave at the beginning of the year, we are looking at doing something about national stuff or even international stuff on Wednesdays, trying to bring it in and then relate to the uh, Monday local show, the Tuesday Texas show, right? So we've got a whole lot of, uh, we'll call them conflicts going on in the world. But in case you weren't aware, we actually have a number of conflicts within these United States. So I have mentioned the Hawaii situation I think twice now, and I want to also bring up that Utah has told the federal government to go pound sand as well. They have basically come out with what would be called a soft nullification law. Therein, they say, if we don't feel that the law from the feds complies with the Constitution, whether it's the U.S. Constitution or the Utah Constitution, we're simply just not going to enforce it. We're going to let you guys do it, but we're not going to help. We're not going to give up any government, state government, or we're going to encourage our local and county sheriffs not to engage in assisting you on these unconstitutional laws, which I think is fantastic. Now, I want to give props here because when I was listening to Brian McClanahan's show this morning, that's where he was talking about this. And to me, it's kind of interesting because he decided to pretty much devote the entire week. Two different things related to secession. Now, I don't know uh <laughs> you know, I, I do it about once a week. I talk about Texas. He he's been going on off and on about this situation for a while, and I'm going to pull up this episode. Give me just a second. Thank you for that. Uh episode 939 is Utah tells the general government to go pound sand. And then episode 940, he talked about secession on an article written by somebody at The Blaze, which is put in the form of a question, a solution or a surrender, right? So these were both really good episodes, and I happened to listen to 940 after I had done my episode for yesterday. So uh, the fact that we just kind of overlapped it. And for that matter, I listened to Tuesday's episode after I had already done my Tuesday episode. So very interesting, very interesting. And of course, this guy's got a much better education and deeper, uh, breadth of understanding than I do, particularly of things having to do with, uh, the civil war era. Right. So that being said, okay, so Utah, of course they have their, we'll call it Low key, uh, low low key nullification that they've now made law. Texas is actually taking part in what would be considered, perhaps, interposition, but more likely nullification. The fact that we are still maintaining our border and we are um, expanding our footprint on the border. Now, again, I want to caution everybody this is great. I'm happy. This is a couple of steps in the right direction, but our governor's not exactly known for doing the right thing for an extended period of time without having to be babysat and have his hand held. So I will encourage and support and, you know, be happy when he's doing the right thing, but I'm also not willing to bet my mortgage or in this case, my rent on him following through and continue to do the right thing. So, applause for doing the right thing, Greg Abbott. Let's hope you continue it. Now, the real question is whether or not Florida is going to continue on their uh, kind of tact of this. They've, they've made a couple of uh, laws that have been in conflict or dismissive of different things at the federal level. Now, I know there's a lot of concern and there's a lot of angst over the idea of the supremacy clause, which, again, we've covered this. Brian McClanahan's covered this. Uh, Chris Ann Hall has covered this. Tom Woods has covered this. All three of those folks have much deeper understandings and educational background. So they have an authority, if you will. I just have simple reading and understanding of basic uh, (laughs) uh, history and government that when you put a clause in that says in pursuance thereof, that kind of means that it has to follow. So that being said, we have states doing the right thing, states standing up and protecting their sphere of influence, right? Their sovereignty as well as their people. But one of the things that I think is very interesting is the resident in chief, right? We've talked about this a little bit. He was found uh, not competent to be charged with the crimes that he committed, but apparently is still competent to serve as the president. So I'm not really sure how that works. I'm not really sure why we're tolerating this, but here we are. And like I did yesterday when I broke out and explained several different words and how they relate to each other and what the actual definitions perhaps imply about what's been going on. Let me consider for just a moment... That if we're going to follow the Constitution, we believe the Constitution is appropriate, and we understand it's actually a compact between states to create a federal government, and those states decide that the federal government or the general government is acting outside of their authority. That could be that could be understood as they are violating their civil authority, right? They are out. They are stepping beyond that. So then the question is. Will the states continue to do that? And will that maybe gain steam? Maybe that'll push back some of these uh, breaches of authority. Now, I'm not sure how that's going to all play out. I'm not sure what's all involved with that. But really, at this point, because the world's watching, the next move is on Texas, right? What are you going to do, Texas? I mean, we already chickened out by not putting on a ballot question for the obvious answer, right? Right. Potential independence, whether it was strictly the party or it was, mm, let's say, people within higher levels of state government that were afraid of the question, or whether it's just a practical concern that we don't want to encourage too many people that aren't aligned with our philosophy interfering with our contested primary, there is a whole lot going on there and it's a lot of speculation. Now, I spent a little bit of time talking about this in the past, and I'm going to bring some of it back up because it's directly applicable to what's going on, right? So we've got this, let's call it a nullification crisis. I don't believe it's a crisis, and I think it's at the very least a small and nullification, right? The, the state of Texas is saying this is state land and we're going to do our own thing and you feds have no authority here. Now, granted, it's three years past due and clearly within our sphere of sovereignty, But we have legitimate contested races. We have the retribution tour. And then, of course, we've got the you upset the governor tour, right? Where the two big wheels in the party are working against other people. And some of them are overlapping and endorsing others. And we, the people in the middle, the grassroots, we just don't know who to trust, right? Who's really looking out for our best interests? Now, look, I live in Collin County and in Collin County, the attorney general, this is his hometown, the people here love him. Now, there are people that don't, but the vast majority of them love him. In fact, most of us would probably trade in the governor for the AG on any given Sunday and twice on Monday. And we would rather have Big John go retire and we would either take, at this point, I'd take the governor, but I would certainly take the AG stepping up to be the junior senator from Texas. Now, the problem is if I replace the governor Who do I get as the new governor? Now, in theory, I could get the AG to step up to be the governor. I mean, after all, that's how we got the current governor. Perhaps the current governor would like to go be a U.S. senator. I'd be okay with that. He he can't do too much damage there. And certainly our current AG seems to have a little bit more fighting spirit, a little more interest in keeping Texas, Texas. So there is that. But the reality is I have no control and I have very little input on what's going to play out here. So if I look at it, and I've got the dueling factions within the the Republican Party, but the Republican establishment as well, fighting for control of both the party and the state of Texas and the future, one's got to wonder, what happened to the likes of George P? you got to wonder where Karl Rove crawl back onto a rock for, right? Where are these folks at? They didn't just go away. They didn't just give up. Indeed, we have a lot of our state reps that... Well, they might be conservative by the average person's rankings, but quite frankly, the grassroots is not happy with a lot of them. They've over and underdelivered. Now, for those of you not aware of that phraseology, that's something you don't do in a service business. And honestly, politics is basically devolved into a service business. And when you're getting hundreds of thousands of dollars from PACs and essentially unions to promote specific candidates you have to wonder just who are those candidates working for the the grassroots is outmatched and perhaps we got to look at the campaign finance laws perhaps but perhaps we should also consider we shouldn't allow a professional class to be our rulers we should change or perhaps expand what it is that it means that you can serve as a state rep or a state senator. I'm not saying it's going to fix everything, but I don't know about you, but I have a regular day job and I can't quit my regular day job to go run for office. And then when I win that office, I work essentially for four months, maybe five months out of that year. And the next year I have to spend three to six months campaigning and then another three months campaigning. So that makes it really hard to keep a day job. Now you get a certain group of people that have, let's call it Guaranteed wealth, they, whether they've done well for themselves, which is not a bad thing. We we want people to be successful. We want those successful people to come and reinforce us in Texas. But some of them don't have our best interests. In fact, some of them are working for other people and they are working against our greater good. So yeah, I have a jaw to at when looking at these people. And yeah, I have my doubts about who is it they're actually working for. And I find it very disturbing that a speaker of the house can affect the outcome of so many elections within the state of Texas, or for that matter, the lieutenant governor or the governor. I'm really not sure how it is that one elected official can donate massive quantities of money or direct massive quantities of money to another official running for office or reelection, whatever the case may be. I'm very concerned about what does that mean for us? What does that mean for we, the people? Now, I understand that for a long time, the Democrats beat this drum of, well, we got to get the money out of campaign finance. We got, we got to do these things to protect the grass. But the fact of the matter is they're not really interested in doing that. They're interested in punishing and hampering their opponents. They never ever want to go after the union, putting money in. They never want to prevent associations from putting money in they want to prevent private corporations which is odd now that they control a good number of them but back in the day they didn't want those private corporations putting money in because they honestly felt like they could control the general government and then of course some of the state governments and what they found is yeah they were successful so they're less worried about the money because now they have more money than everybody else and they control all of the tech companies and we allowed this to happen and we hamstrung our own ability to run for office and get good conservatives in place and to do the right thing with the exception of a few holdouts, Texas among them. And now we have a a gambling operation that wants to come into Texas and essentially create their resorts. And I don't have anything against that per se, right? I don't I don't have an issue if if you want to go waste money on gambling, okay, I kind of get it. But they're spending Hundreds of thousands of dollars to buy their way into Texas, when most of us have zero interest in gambling. Look, if you want to go to a casino, there's some in Oklahoma, there's some in Louisiana, and I imagine if you go over to New Mexico, you can find them as well. And certainly, you can go down to Cancun and do that kind of thing if that's what you really want. So the question is: Is why do they want to get into Texas so bad? And for those of you following along, you know when there's casinos and there's gambling and there's prostitution and there's more drugs and more alcohol. The corruption soon follows. It's inevitable to some degree that you're going to get more corruption when there's more, let's call it less than traceable money. Now that should be concerning to you. It's concerning to me, but I'm not really sure what happened to why there's this sudden desire to have vices celebrated in Texas. Now again, on the surface, I'm not so much opposed to them. But I am concerned that they're already drifting us into that place. I mean, look what they did to Nevada. I'm certain nothing in Nevada is working for the best of the average people in Nevada any longer. I mean, if you just look at the Service Industry Employee Union, right? S-I-E-U or whatever it's called. S-E-I-U, whatever. It doesn't matter those folks now control Clark County. And when you control Clark County, you control Nevada. And what we're watching play out here is they're, they've already successfully captured Austin, Houston, Dallas, more or less San Antonio. Although some would say the Democrats in the San Antonio area are more conservative than Republicans in Dallas County. That being said, Austin's already lost Tarrant County in the crosshairs. Collin County is not far behind it. Once they accomplish that, it could be game over. And I don't think the casinos are going to help us. I don't think more liquor stores are going to help us. I, I don't think expanding vice is a net positive for the state of Texas. But again, as a Liberty guy, I don't actually oppose them, but I just know what follows. I, I, I know that they're not good things. So I'm caught in a quandary, right? And you, my listeners, you're aware of this. But if these things are utilized to undermine Texas and to ruin Texas and to debase what Texas has, I would almost have to oppose them, not on principle, but as a practical measure of self-defense. We're, we're stuck in a situation here where things that we know are not good for us, but not, don't necessarily need to be illegal, are being shoved down our throat in order to get an outcome that they want and they prefer and that they want to shove down our throats. And I'm not enthusiastic about that in the least. Nor should you be, but that's where we're going. And I equate this with some of this uh, sexual perversion stuff that's been shoved down our throats in the last 10 years. I mean, it was one thing when you could at least pretend two dudes that want to play house and we should just stay out of their business and leave them alone and it would stop there but it didn't stop there so i'm asking you is you know did you really think it was going to stop when you got a lottery did you really think it was going to stop when they got horse racing i mean this is where we're going and they've all but ruined sports at this point i mean i'm not a big sports guy but i'd like to watch a sports game and not be wondering whether or not the outcome is being changed by bad calls that are intentional or by plays that are underplayed by the potential mm, players. Boy, I can't even think of a better way to phrase that. In other words, they're underperforming on purpose. That's, that's nobody's benefit. That's, that's not good for anybody, but yet that's where we're at. So I wonder, while the world is watching us. What are we going to do? are we going to make the right decisions? Are we going to tell casinos? Yeah, that's all well and good, but we don't need you here. If people really want to go throw away their money, they can go to the neighboring state or the neighboring country or better yet. At some point when we have our own independence, maybe we'll set aside a little small area where we're going to allow for that stuff, but that's it. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe we can saw off a little peninsula Around Houston, and say they're going to be a self governing or quasi semi independent city state. And if you want to go throw your money away, you can go there and do it. But we're not going to do it in the rest of Texas. Who knows? Again, this is all dependent on one, Texas standing strong, two, Texas defending Texas and putting Texas first, three, that we have good solid leadership. And that's something that I'm not confident about. I mean, it's very easy to applaud your governor that comes in late and does the right thing because he had no choice but to show up and do the good and right thing. It's very easy to be happy that when your U.S. House reps or your U.S. Senator show up and say the right things, knowing it's not going to make a darn bit of difference because they're in the minority and they're never going to get it passed anyway. So they can go beat their chests and scream and yell at the top of their lungs, knowing full well that they're not going to be held accountable because it's never going to happen. We're all watching this play out day by day. Wondering when is it going to be fixed? When is it going to be changed? Are we ever going to get a positive outcome? Are they going to ever step up and put Texas first? I mean, I, at this point, I'd just be happy that they put America first or, or or perhaps even if it was America second, not like America last. I mean, that's what we're looking at. And yet the resident, right? The whole world's watching us and the resident is selling us out on a daily basis. And yet we're supposed to pretend that he's still a true and legitimate leader of our country and quote unquote wants the best for our country. I'm not buying it. And and honestly, at this point, the only thing worse than the resident is the vice resident. Now, I don't care if you like Trump or not. I really don't. And this is so beyond Trump at this point. I would almost take. I won't say it. There are very few people that could be potentially worse or less competent than the current resident and vice resident. But this is the world we live in. And there's a whole lot of people that project all sorts of negative feelings and outcomes on the Donald. Now, the Donald is a 1960s Democrat from New York. I don't really see why any of them would be bent out of shape. Only he's not crazy left enough. I mean, he is not a good conservative. I'm sorry. He's not. And he may be a lot of things. He might be an American first person. He may be a good, solid, patriotic American. Okay. But he is not going to solve our problems. He is not the salvation of America. Is he perhaps a tool? Yes. Is he better than the alternative? Absolutely, without a doubt, in my mind. And I'll enthusiastically go vote for that guy in December, December, <laughs> November, assuming we actually get to that ballot. But there's a whole lot of crazy going on. And I have no doubt we're full of people just chomping at the bed for the summer love to kick off 2024 style and then whether we're going to have the latest plandemic scandemic or whether we're going to just have well we'll call them mostly peaceful protests all over the country again i just don't know but there's a whole lot of people that are easily manipulated and made to do foolish things and if you doubt me a good number of those people are from our side and they went and took a trip to I don't know, a 10 square mile chunk that only exists in the state of Maryland to go on an unauthorized tour. And now they're sitting in solitary confinement still or being collected still. Meanwhile, the raping and pillaging of the undocumented. (laughs) Well, I'm not going to go there. Let's just say the people that were brought about uninvited and deposited all over the country are doing whatever they want and we're giving them tons of, tons of money and nice places to stay and well, guess what? We're paying for it and we go along with it. We pretend it's a good thing. Why? Because if we knew the truth, if we were to actually do what we were supposed to be doing at this point, there would be a whole lot of, let's call it, peaceful protests. We wouldn't be tolerating it. And the little show we're doing on the border would have a half a million people from all over this country, much less Texas, showing up with, yeah, those things that the residents said would be ineffective against an F-16. Yeah, well, they're quite effective against cartel members when you have a half a million people present, but we're not doing that either. I would suggest we're very close to facing the abyss in the face. If we're not going to do something now, when, if we're not going to fight when we have a possibility of winning, when, if we're not going to change course and do the right thing now, when, now I know a lot of us, myself included, we have day jobs. We can't just go check out of our responsibilities and go do quote unquote the right thing. But I know there's a whole lot of retired and semi-retired veterans and cops, and other people that have the wherewithal and the training to go do something. And I'm asking you guys, please step into the gap. Now is your opportunity. Do something. Man, go get deputized by a local border sheriff. Go join the Texas State Guard or the Florida State Guard. Come help us. We need to do something. If we don't do something now, forget the next election. There isn't going to be one, at least not a legitimate one. For forget the future. They're gonna crater us so fast and so hard, there's nothing we're gonna be able to do. And mind you, the entire world is watching. In twenty twenty two we thought we were gonna have this red wave. Well, yeah, we had some bad candidates, or let's say subpar candidates, and yes we made some let's call them less than stellar moves, but even still, we barely did better than we should have. Or better than we thought we oh man. I butchered that one. <laughs> Talk about barely doing better, right? We we didn't do much of anything. We gra- we grasped defeat out of the jaws of victory, if you will. We failed miserably and we've got nothing to show for it. It took us two attempts to get rid of a guy that clearly can't even do his job, my Orcas, and isn't interested in doing his job, my Orcas. And it's a, supposed to be this great achievement because it's not going to go to the Senate and they're not going to do a darn thing. And why is that? Because the Democrats don't think we have a border because the progressive socialist leftists want to destroy the country. I mean, let's just call it what it is. There's a group of people that don't love their country and they think the best way to fix it is to destroy it. Perhaps they see us as the eggs that must be broken to make an omelet. I do not know But they are not our friends. And we need to quit pretending that they are our friends. Yes, I know there are plenty of good people that still vote Democrat. And I know plenty of family members and extended friends that are Democrats. And I don't think they're these lefty loons. I don't think they want to sell out our country. We would agree that our country is not perfect, that our country has done things wrong. But I don't think that they see a net positive by importing another 10 to 20 million people to come here that are going to live off of the government's dole. Or better yet, they can do both, right? They can take the jobs, quote-unquote, Americans don't want, when in fact they would if they were forced to work, and they can leave other people at home to collect that money for those of us that still work. It can be both. Yes, they're taking those jobs away from, quote-unquote, Americans, and yes, they're sucking up on the sponge. They can do both, and that's what's happening. And we got to quit pretending it's not happening, because it very clearly is. And it's being facilitated by, yes, even our own governor. We've talked about this. Well, yeah, you're uh, coming to Texas, so we're going to just ship you to this blue state or this blue city in a blue state. And when they get to the blue city in the blue state, they're given money, ID, and now they can travel around freely on the government's dole, which would be your and my money, And, oh, by the way, now that they have a proper ID, they can vote and get involved in doing things. And if that wasn't bad enough, California and I guess certain state reps and even Texas want to start hiring illegal aliens to service police officers. Oh, yeah, that's brilliant. You want to talk about why the government schools can't perform at a high level? It's because we've hand strung them with a bunch of people that come here that have zero interest in integrating with a society as it is, assimilating to the dominant culture, which is good. Nope. We're going to cater to them and we're going to keep them in the ghetto by not bothering to give them the good education that they deserve, but only when they dot all the I's and cross all the T's and come here legally do they get to participate. Nope. <laughs> we're just going to keep punishing people for being successful because that's going to fix everything. That's going to make everything better. Yep, the world's watching, and we're falling. I mean, how is it that El Salvador got themselves, or is it Nicaragua? Oh, who knows? <laughs> no, it's Nicaragua. I'm sorry. Nicaragua's got themselves a an actual anti-globalist president. Argentina's got an anti-globalist president. And yet The closest thing we have to an anti-globalist is a 1960s Democrat. If you don't fear for the future, you haven't been paying attention. The world is watching, but apparently we the people are not. We continue to trudge along and believe that everything's going to just be all right. Well, it's going to take a lot more than that. Stand by. (laughs) We will return. And yes, of course, we always have probable solutions. And with that that this has been according to Callus and I will see you on the other side.